Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Hello, adventurers, and welcome back. Big thanks to our Patreons, Ryan Donnelly, Daniel Nichols, Brian Dowling, Haley Munoz, and Jolene Fresquez, along with many others in our show notes. This episode, we leave Cordelia and travel far to the east, to the old continent, where we find Sophie and Scottmere as they travel the flat, barren wasteland of Bloodwood, seeking the lost dwarves of the Bear Charger clan after the fall of her childhood home. Sophie puts one dusty foot in front of the other with her chosen brother. Dawn Dragons, Season 6, Episode 2, Chosen Family. Wow, the stir is so dry, it looks like little cups. Look, want to drink out of it? Absolutely not, but you would, wouldn't you? Hmm, <coughs> yep. Not even requiring money? No. How about a dare? Would you at least require a dare? Nope, still delicious, I'm sure. Probably eat pasta out of it, too? <coughs> Yuck! <laughs> Maybe it's not pasta. Maybe it's worms. Okay, stop. <laughs> delicious little wiggly... All right, shut up, Scott Mir. Shut up. <laughs> hey... Just a little bit to go before we hit that town over there. Thank the gods. Mm. You know, surprisingly, I'm getting pretty hungry, actually. Worms. Not because of your conversation there, short and awful. Ha! <laughs> short and awesome, you mean. Dwarves are naturally awesome. Too bad you are too tall. All that altitude making your brain weak. Ha! Air is too thin up there. <laughs> oh, Sophie! Me, me. Can you hear me? Me, me. <laughs> You there, Scottmere, the rank and smelly. Get off my mountain before the flowers fade from your wretched stench. <laughs> Listen to me, mountain god. I bow before no one. <sighs> ah, my smell is divine. <laughs> the two friends walked side by side down the empty dirt road. Sophie stood six feet tall and was powerfully built. Honey-colored hair poured from the top of her head and over her armored shoulders. A few sparse braids kept it pulled away from her soft but dirt-stained cheeks, which had a slight russet tone from the sun and the iron-rich red cracked earth they walked on. Her scaled armor hung closely to her body, but was far from restrictive. A well-used and trusted longsword swung across her back, out of the way of her hips where two orcish daggers hung just below her small backpack. She reached for the water skin at her side as they walked down the road. Her sky-blue eyes smiled at Scottmere before looking up at the gray clouds that seemed to threaten rain. But it was just that. For the past few days, there was no rain. Just red, dry, cracked earth as they made their way deeper 
into bloodwood. She pulled off the wineskin and drew a deep drink. It spilled over her dry throat welcomingly. Okay, here, Scott Mayard, the lemon peel is... Nah, I'm good. You sure? Got my pickle juice. Scott Mayard was dressed in dark brown fur-trimmed leather. Nothing that would offer any protection other than from the biting flies they encountered on their way through the Bloodwood Mountains before they emerged onto the main trade road for the dwarves of Bloodwood. A trade road that was awfully quiet, they noted. In the distance to the east, where they were headed, they saw the small town. An outpost, really, with a single building where the road to the east and to the south met. Beyond the town, in the distance, stood Mount Trollguard, home to the great forge of the Bloodwood Dwarves. It was hazy in the low dust, but visibly massive. Ugh, I don't know how you can drink that stuff. Easy, like this. He reached with a dirty hand for the oxblood-colored wineskin that hung from his side. Putting it to his lips, he threw back his head. (laughs) Yeah. Son of a biscuit. Watch your axe there, tough guy. Yeah, no kidding. Massaging the spot through his thick, unkempt hair where sharp pain shot through the top of his head, Scottmere then adjusted the sling of his great axe on his shoulder to allow his head room to move more freely. Feeling accomplished, he looked over his right shoulder down the south road to another massive mountain in the distance. That's Mount Ironstone there, isn't it? Why not go there first? They look like they are on the same distance from the fork of the road. The other dwarves of the hammer ran both of these, right? Yes... That's where the mines are. But I remember Rickover and the dwarves back home saying they came to Alanotcon because those mines were corrupted or something? Cursed? I, I don't remember why they left it. But I do remember one thing. See the left of it? Yeah. That's where Zane spent a decade. In the blood pits. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Anyone here? Oh, hey, hey, it's pie. It looks like apple. That's zucchini, actually. What? No. Hello? The short dwarven man dressed in charcoal with a gray, dirty apron stepped from around the counter. Welcome, my friend. Haven't seen many travelers of late. Please sit down over there and relax. What do you mean, zucchini? Thank you. May I trouble you for something to eat? No trouble at all. We don't have much, but I do have some salted pork and cheese. Hey! Scott Mir was tired of being ignored and was now trembling with anger. The room became deathly quiet. Who put zucchini in a pie? I did. Disgusting. I... I have to try it. Well, sure thing. Ah, that helps my legs. Well, that was a little rude. Well, I'm hungry, and the pie is filled with lies. No, it's not. It's... It's supposed to be apple. Here you are. One salted pork and cheese plate. I had some extra dried prunes, too. No charge. And for you, my friend, a slice of my zucchini pie. Enjoy. 
this stupid pie is going to taste like a rear end of an unwanted ox. Just you wait. I can taste the disappointment already. Whatever. Bless my beard. This is fantastic. Thanks. This salted pork is perfect. Thank you much. My name is Sophie, and my partner is Scott Meir. He's from... The Garnet Mountains. Mm, this pie. Oh, Garnet Mountains. Well, no one's perfect. What? <laughs> Just kidding around. Welcome, cousin. I am Beauville. My business partner is Leon. You may have seen the tall archer on the roof outside. No? Where was he? <laughs> That's good. He still got it. He's always afraid someone might see him. Thinks it's the only way to be a good guard, you know. Are you planning to stay the night? I can fix you a room. That would be wonderful. And a bath where at least Scottmere would be both of us a service. You snick. Bovel, we are looking for more of the Dwarven Kings of Bloodwood. Better yet, if any members of the Bear Charger clan still walk. Bear Charger? That's a name I haven't heard but once in the last 20 years. Over ten years ago, a few dwarven brothers came through, from the west I remember, and one of them was named Ola, Ola, Ola. Memory flooded Sophie's mind. She saw Rick of her bear charger and his closest clansmen sitting together in the Howling Mountain Inn as she reached for a sweet cake sitting on the counter. Currants, spiced currants that she could still taste. Chief, it's not the discovery itself. It's the fear of what could be in there. The boys said it seemed to call them from the darkness. Bad signs, Chief. Bad signs. This was Zane's memory. The ones talking were Rickover and Whittakin, but the third was lost in thought. She remembered him in particular. He always smiled at her from behind his red beard and bushy eyebrows. Never said much. Just nodded. Thoughtful. Olicule? Oh, yes, that's it. Nice lad. The five of them were making their way back to the forge. I warned them no one and nothing had come down or out of that road in 50 years. I reckon, before even old Leon came out here to help me, the clans had all broken up and moved on. Bear Charger, Wolfhead... Copperbelly, Flint Shield, Ironstone, Colchest, all separated. Some went to the mines in the south, others went out into the world to seek other deposits. Why? Well, word had it a few of the clans had struck a deal with the great people of the north that uh, not everyone agreed to. Greedy made the rich folk richer and the poor folk poorer. So the king stayed along with some of the richer clans, obviously. But, like I told your old friend, no one has been seen since. Three days passed for Sophie and Scottmere as they continued on the road eastward to Mount Trollguard. Around noon on the third day, they could make out the long mountain range that stretched to the south creating a physical and imposing border with the magical land of Viridian. To the north, they could still see those spiked mountains and jagged cliffs that created a border with the frozen Northlands. 
Both areas were shrouded in mystery, one due to distance and the other due to magic. Sophie sighed. Hey, Scott Mayer, is that the gate? Yep, that's gotta be the trade gate up front. As they began the incline toward the mountain's entrance, they noted the 50-foot by 50-foot square opening flanked by statues of twin axes. The axes stood on their stone double-headed ends, 60 feet past the opening ceiling. Spanning the roof were angular carvings that reminded Sophie of the mine back home. Hey Sophie, come here. Look over there. See it? About 50 yards out. Is that... is that a flag? Dunno. It's just some forgotten cloth, from what I can see. Why would it be out here? I... I don't like it out here. It's so quiet. Yeah, if this was the Great Forge, shouldn't we be... hearing something by now? Yeah. Come on, let's go check it out. The two companions shuffled towards the tattered and torn fabric that flapped aimlessly in the breeze outside the mine. The smell of sulfur seemed to fade slightly as they stepped away from the mouth of the dwarven stronghold. By the stone! Look! As they rounded the dark, rough granite of a boulder, they saw the remains of an old tent. Battered by time, what was once a brilliant red canvas now slowly faded out from the seams to a weathered cream. The surrounding camp was torn apart. Old, rusted instruments. Among them, a scattering of forks and a time-worn, shattered compass lay strewn about. Anything of value had been long lost to time or salvagers, except the corner of something wedged between the rock. Hey, it's... It's a journal! Look at that. Uh, let me see. Oh my god. Scottmere. It's... It's Olicules. Um, let me see. Here. Wow. It starts before I... Wait. What? But... What? What is it? I... Just look. Third of storms, Carl. 1501. 1501. Wait, that's... My birthday. Third of storms, Carl. 1501. Little Sophie looks just like her mother. Her proud Papa Thorsten won't leave her side, nor her sister. Sister got Daddy's dark hair, for sure, but they both got the better deal with Mama's face. I... Rickover hasn't stopped smiling at the coming of his... Granddaughter? But wait. Sophie, that makes you half... Oh, no. No. No, no, no. Realization was tightening its grip on Sophie's heart. Not because of the freeing confirmation of what she had always suspected. That she was, in fact, half-dwarf. Her strength and beauty were a gift from her dwarven mother, who loved her human father with all her heart, before she took ill and died before Sophie was even a year old. That was something she took comfort in, now knowing, not wondering... Rather, it was the fact that she was given this realization, this confirmation of her family, 
And now she was staring at the ground. <laughs> no. Sunk into the ground were the skeletal remains of a dwarf in rusted chainmail. A familiar red beard still clung to parts of the skull's chin. Sophie, I'm... I'm so sorry. Wait. Oh no. Sophie, you see the indentation on the ground? Look, it's the same by the tent. These are footprints. What? Footprints? These are huge. What animal wears... boots? Yeah, boots. That's what I'm afraid of. Remember the nether spring? Sophie, these are the giant's footprints. Appearing in this episode, Beauville, the Dwarven Merchant, Josh Wash Whitby from GamesMastery.com, Scottmere, the Dwarven Berserker, Colton Jansen, Sophie the Swordmaster, Fox Avalon, Keldor the Narrator, and Olakul from Clan Bear Charger, Mike Ashley. All music in this episode is written and performed by Mike Ashley is available wherever you stream your music. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dice Tower Theater's Dawn of Dragons. Please join us in thanking our magnificent cast by leaving a review on your favorite podcasting platform. In our next episode, what have Zorin and Vash found in Port Lafour besides old memories and lost shadows of Zorin's days as a sailor? Will they find any friends that they could have survived that night of fire and fury? And ultimately... The question still remains, is Lord Palace in control? Stay tuned for when we return next month, or jump ahead by joining our Patreon at any level. Until then, adventurers, stay safe and remember the oath. <laughs>